You're listening to Red Nation Online. Saturday, May 28th, it's Steve Perry, Tim Vickery, and I'm Ian Clark, and we're back from the debacle of all debacles, a 6-2 massacre at the hands of the Philadelphia Union, has all put a bold underline and italics on how deep the rebuilding goes. We've seen it coming for a while now, so where do we go from here? We want to hear from you on where the most glaring deficiencies are. We'll do our best to break it down so we can build it back up in the next 30 minutes on East Side Stand Up. started because I don't know where I'm going to really uh, kick this guy off here. Uh, we're back from BMO Field after uh, uh, losing 6-2. 88 minutes of pure agony. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's about right. To 80, the 88 Union. minutes, yeah. I thought it was a full 92. Full 92? You know what? At least the referee spared us any extra time. It looked yeah. like he blew the whistle right at the end, which was I think was a... Very what's fair, the word I'm looking for? Um, Charitable. A mercy. Yeah. Merciful. Merciful. That's the word. It was merciful because at that point there was really no sense in putting any extra time out there. No, no, it was. Uh, Could have been seven two. So there, there was no comeback, despite uh, some people thinking that there was. Yeah. So, well, just to recap the the sort of early stages of the game for everyone listening, uh, in the uh, third minute of the game, I think after about two minutes and twenty seconds or something. Eleven. Eleven seconds. 11 seconds. Uh, Philadelphia scored. Um, after a, a little run right through the middle, um, a left-footed uh, shot. And then from that moment on, the wheels pretty much fell off uh, Toronto FC. However, having said that, the first two minutes of the game, uh, Philly kind of looked pretty bad. Uh, I mean, it, it was a very, very like like jumpy game for the first couple of minutes. Um, so their goal must have seemed like manna from heaven. You know, it was... Uh, a godsend for them. Yeah. And uh, from that goal, they closed the four, first 45 being 3-0 up. Yeah. And at unfortunately... The, at, the, at the eighth minute mark, Philly had a throw-in that pretty much went unencumbered all the way to the net. And that, that's probably when they realized that there was a hole in the middle. Yeah. Because two minutes later, they scored again. And the game at and that point... it was already 2 nothing in and the first game 10 at, minutes. Yeah, and that game at that point had a very eerie, uh, unsettling, um, this is DC United all over again, and ended up being... DC United times two. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it was a. Um, there's, there's, there's really nothing you can say in terms of positive about Toronto's performance. The if if you were if you were if you were to struggle or be forced to make a sort of a positive statement, I guess uh, Eckersley looked pretty sharp at the back. I mean, he he left kept his commitment up all the way through. He didn't seem to fade off once it became obvious that the. The game was beyond reach. Tony Charney had a, a pretty, uh, I'd say, an average to maybe good game in the middle of the field. Um, as far as uh, overall, I think the changes that Vinter made at the half certainly had a, an impact within the first 10 minutes of the half. But after that first 10 minutes, then um, we just kind of 
cycled back into a very passive role. Right. Um, well, once they scored that fourth goal, yeah, every, I think that was they that just took all the air out of the tire. Like that was it, game over, pretty much. And they just went through the motions, and going through the motions with the players that we had out there uh, resulted in two more goals uh, for Philadelphia, and that's that's how it ended. I think this game was over before it started. Um, I think oh, okay. full blame could be put on uh, the formation that was put out there, the lineup that was put out there. Um, we've seen time and time again. It's not like this is the first time we've seen Ty Harden playing. Well, I know, league. I knew, I knew, that, I knew that this was going to Ty Harden, and, and it's a very good point, though. And it and is. and we've and we've also seen Decoy Williams now play a few more games outside outside of the preseason, who's who's been pretty terrible, and uh, pairing them up together in the center kind of left us exposed. Uh, the Guzman had to play further back. Um, he didn't really help out as a defenseman. Uh, we. And when I when I when I when I said that eight minute throw that went through unencumbered, that's uh, someone said in the stands they could smell blood, and I think that's when they first started smelling it. And, well, and then uh, they just started having. I, go have, I have a point to make uh, about yeah. that. Um, if if Ty Harden and Decoy Williams can get a game, and Adakora cannot because of apparently according to the club he's just not good, then his, or his form is his, that bad. His games off or what have you, uh, then he must be absolutely terrible. He's, he he must have deteriorated from being a like one of the bright spots um, with well certainly in our opinion to being probably one of the worst players in the league. That's only if you to believe the uh, the spin that. Well, well, no, but, us, right? I mean, if you, but then why are they cutting off their so nose despite their face? If you want to follow, you, have, it through, you, have, you almost have to take if that you, if you want to rationale because there's no other way. If if you were like you're saying, if you're going to follow what is being said by the club and the organization, then that's that's the only solution. No, that's being, the only answer. They're being I mean, consistent. Yes. They're being consistent in their punishment regimen, right? Yes. You punish the players who don't sign. Kevin Elman, uh, after Wednesday's game, there was a story uh, in the what was it in the CBC Sports? Yeah, John Molinaro. Uh, John Molinaro did a story uh, where he got Kevin Elman's side of the story, and he said, "Look, I want to play for Toronto FC, so uh, the only reason why I'm getting let go is because I didn't sign this letter of a commitment." And that seems to be the punishment uh, regiment that exists with uh, Vinter and the. And yeah, but we're the ones getting punished. Yes. I mean, we're, get, we're the ones being punished. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, but I mean, this is uh, of course we are, but. Uh, that it, it's consistent with the. I mean, we, we all know it's bullshit, and so if and we also know that like you wouldn't keep a player on the bench that's yeah, awful. They so why aren't they letting him go? They're not letting him go because he is good. Well, why right. are, are they that pig-headed? Are they? They that, are, that are they that? Are they that kind of insane? They are. That that's they all would, we can read into. That this. They, they would. They would punish us. The people have given them money that allowed this club to exist. They'd punish us to 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 the extent of a six two. Like bloodbath, rather than field a team that um, I think is, they are. is is good. I think the answer is yes. I mean, but that's like a, that's the sort of thing a sociopath would do. It is. Like and that's someone what you're who's saying. like, well, I, we've all seen the corporation. Oh yeah, that's right. right the movie yeah. the corporation, yeah, and course. that is in fact the portrait it, of a sociopath. Yeah, the corporation is the portrait of a sociopath if you break down like the personality characteristics. So. Um, there you go, Tim. There's your answer, and yeah. that's that's in fact. And I don't think people case. are blind to it. I, I, in fact, I, I noted around the ten minute mark that people started saying "pass it back to Fry," which was indicating to me a couple of things. One's one that they were second guessing TFC's play. They were second guessing the ability to play. They were second guessing the options that we were leaving ourselves to play. Stephen Fry was the only person to go to, right? Play it back to Fry. Yeah. That, you do that when you have when you're desperate. And yeah, you but no when play, I, what I kind no of game. observed tonight with tonight's play was that uh, the defense 
when they got the ball and they like were feeding it out, they just had no one. They didn't know what to do with it. So, no. and and I, 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 you know, obviously some people can can confirm this or not, but my initial impression in the early going of the game was that Philadelphia um, had a plan to either mark or be extremely physical with Julian de Guzman when he has the ball, and they were successful in um, dispossessing him of it and and keeping him. So when that back line doesn't have an option like the Guzman who can take a pass, turn, and and deliver it up the field, they've cut out that middleman, which has left Harden and Decoy Williams having to bypass the middle of field, which was countless turnovers at around midfield. And we did see Mike Santos actually playing a lot shallower at at points because he was trying to get service. Right, and if I recall, the second goal was Ty Harden passing it up, ball intercepted, up to Map. Map cuts in, low shot in. Yeah, and and Map took... Uh, I mean, Map is such a such a, a pleasure of a player to watch. Um, like I said, as we were walking back, he doesn't have a lot of speed or aggression on the ball, but what he does have is a lot of intelligence. And from a playmaking perspective and from a goal scoring perspective, he uh, he he would he's kind of like a, a backbone, a support, a true support section of their attack. And he in, in tonight's environment, or this afternoon's, or this morning, this afternoon's environment. He he was had, was given so much space to shine. He must have just he must have thought it was his lucky day. Well, and it's it's just, it's a great matchup for Philadelphia to have a, a you know a clever a skilled um, you know attacking right midfielder to go up against Dan Gargan or to go mm, up against oh, Danley Borman. Yeah. You know Borman who's poor defensively. Gargan who is um, has his moments defensively, but isn't quick and isn't as technically sound as as map so the the advantage lies with him oh of course yeah i mean it's just uh this is where you show when, when, a different 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 class of player and when and when after gargan the next line of defense is ty harden it's it's so, it's, it's, it's easy guy. pickings it's yeah. easy pickings and then you know when you when you break down that line i mean the only thing left was to to shift eckersley all the way over into the middle which yeah. which would have left the other side exposed so it was unfortunate that this is what we were left to see. I mean, as soon as you saw that it was Harden and, Harden and Williams in the middle, you're like, "Wow, we're gonna ha- it's gonna have to be a lucky afternoon for us to get away on." And then when your uh, substitute choice is Borman, mm. yeah, and to put this game into context as well, which I think is important, is that going into this game, Philadelphia had only out of I believe four matches on the road, they had scored one goal. So one win, three losses, <laughs> one goal. They and scored they, six tonight, and they scored six. Um, well, uh, this uh, this is, I think, one of those um, these defining losses for Toronto FC, um, where it, it kind or of confirming uh, losses, so yeah, to speak. confirming losses where that much of what we've been discussing about over recent weeks has been confirmed by the result this evening. Um, and it, it felt like a, I told you some moment. Yeah, tonight. Just I think what we so were badly. doing is uh, there was there's certainly been a lot of like sort of. Um, bluffing and like sort of results that didn't reflect necessarily the the ebb and flow of the Lots game. Lots of times we got lucky. For example, the, the, like Los, with light, with the Los Angeles game could have been uh, a, a scoreline that reflected was very reflective of tonight. However, they were unlucky in the sense uh, that the, they kept doing the woodwork. I mean, the, the LA game could have been like 4 or 5-1. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't, so you know. Um, in Vancouver last week, yeah, well, they, they were very unfortunate. That game could have easily been three one four one as well. Yeah. Um, so we've been lucky. We we have been lucky a lot recently in preventing this kind of scoreline. Tonight, I think the 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 luck the luck wasn't there, and without the luck, then all that was left was 
us to go six two down. Now, is there, is there any is there any argument or to play a devil's advocate that you know um, out of norm in the schedule they're playing on a Sunday night in Colorado, f- going to Vancouver or sorry coming home midweek to have to go through that kind of game and then an early game on Saturday. Is it just they couldn't hold up to that, you know, that kind of week, those that six days that they've gone through of, of three games and then an early start today? I, I, you know what? Is I, that an excuse? Is that I mean, it is obviously I'm giving an excuse. It's, it's but not I mean, necessarily an excuse. I think it does speak to the lack of depth on the bench. So I do think it's a factor. But yeah. uh, but, you know, it's something that we've been waiting to see. This yeah. is something that's. This is. I think. I think tonight's re, re, tonight's result or this afternoon's result is just is was at some point inevitable. It and, was. Uh, yeah. It wasn't. We weren't going to. We're not going to be able to dodge the bullet. And I think we're going to see more of these kind of score lines in the coming weeks as we play more of the higher echelon, better position teams, and we get a lot more road action. So this was a home game. Uh, you yeah. know, and until recently we'd been saying that draws were wins. Yeah. You know, draws can be considered a win for this team. Um, they Philadelphia didn't give Philadelphia's tonight or uh, this afternoon. It wasn't an option for them to allow us a draw, and they brought the game to us. We didn't have a game to give back. Yeah, it's true. We didn't have a game, so th- there was a slight resurgence in the second half. But uh, you, yeah. <laughs> scoring two goals is wonderful as long as the other team doesn't score any. Yeah. I mean, if you those scores, but if the other team can score six goals to your two. Then it, there's no argument, there's no discussion that uh, it's anything other than a bloodbath. Um, so, yeah, we did go down. It was, it was three two. It looked like a comeback at one point. Yeah, Some people it, were saying that maybe we're going to come back. Um, as, made, LL, as LL Cool J would have said, "Don't call this a comeback." Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Um, the there was um, Philadelphia scored another goal, make it four two to kind of clinch things. Then there was a um, a substitution in which we took out um who was it Harden we took out Harden and we yeah, put in Stavanovic. Uh, Stavanovic and Stavanovic played midfield and so we played three on the back line which seemed in keeping with maybe more of a forward thinking thing but the thing Stavanovic isn't very good and uh and we were already weak on the back we left sort of decoy Williams open which led to two more goals you know uh, it just makes me think what the hell's Vinter thinking at all, ever. Well, like, it's too bad. I mean, well, I think it just I, seemed decision after decision. I think, I think uh, the decision left was, me thinking was uh, that, that like, we're not going to win this game, so we just may as well attack. Yeah. And I think that I think at the half, it was he made the right decision. I think he d- should get a little bit of credit in this overall debacle that at halftime he said, all right, I'm not waving the white flag yet. Like, there's still some game. Yeah, um, let's, let's push it high and let's get some, put some balls in the net. He, he did. Had he Martina on the right. Yeah. Sulzma was... Switched over from the right and playing more in the middle. It's almost like they had four attackers. It was almost like a four-two-four that they were going forward with, and it was being successful. Like Philadelphia was caught off guard. There was, uh, you know, Santos had that early chance in the half where it was one v one with uh, with the keeper, and he, and he made the great save. And you could see that the momentum had shifted. Uh, they put in the two goals, and then we had that unfortunate breakdown with Stefan Fry. Who, but like you guys said, I think that Philly was, uh, you know, experimenting with us. And then when they realized that we were they were scoring goals, they sort of just started playing again. Yeah, but I do think it's fair to say that there was still the window was still there for Toronto to to really climb back in the game. And then uh, Fry put that ball out to the left side, Map picked it up, and then just uh, finished it off. And I think it's you know it's it's I think it's fair to say that was a turning point in the comeback. 
and a lot of people are probably going to give Stephen Fry a lot of heat. But at the same time, as someone who's really there's only maybe two guys in this entire on the starting eleven who can really you can really say are would start on any team across the league. Um, he's one of them, and you know in this game, fine, you know he he fucked up, but to to say you know you know we were sitting in the stands and some people were giving him a ton of heat. It just was like, all right, Back it on. was a shit play. Give him, you know, you can do whatever there, but I'm okay. sorry, Stephen Fry is not a shit keeper. He and anyone saved, who thinks so is out of their mind. On, he saved two one-on-ones. The game would have been 10 to 2. Yeah. Easily. Well, I... Uh, I Tim, I think I just outranted you on that yeah, one. Yeah, I don't think there's much really more... I mean, this game kind of like after the first 45 minutes, I had to go and have a cigarette because I felt like I'd just been fucked. And uh, the... Uh, I, if there was ever a game that Toronto FC were playing for a lightning storm during, it was this one. <laughs> In fact, some, someone from the from the crowd said, Where, "I see lightning." Well, we should have done a rain dance. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> banging some drums. There, quick, there quick, was, we need a lightning storm. The, the Red there Patch was boys, hope. There was the, hope because the, there was fog rolling in. The right? Red Patch Boys have a drum. They should have been banging on that as hard as they could. The uh, Tom El Sami and Paul Bernie are going to set like a strobe machine up uh, in the like in behind the buildings. Yeah. So it looks like there's lightning. lightning. Every time they go, uh, every time they start losing, quick, turn the strobe on. They'll, they'll erect a giant um, drop uh, drop sheet behind the stadium with lightning <laughs> and dark clouds that they can erect. So, so 2011. 2011. Would you th- why, would you ever ever guess that Depeche Mode would have been making a comeback in the terraces? I know it seems like every like Toronto sings it, uh, Philadelphia sing it, Chicago, Chicago sing it, Columbus it. sing it. This I can't get enough. Just can't get De- enough. Yeah, by Depeche Mode. It, uh, uh, it's uh, astounding that everyone loves it so much. So with all the 80s metaphors, uh, well, we wanted to actually throw out the question of the, um, to the podcast of, uh, given that there's this uh, resurgence using Depeche Mode, do you, think there's another, do you think there's a better song that could be used from the 80s? We came up with a few. Yeah, mine would, we? well, in particular reference to Toronto FC, Maybe uh, Echo and the Bunnymen, The Killing Floor. <laughs> uh, you also had one for, uh, at one point, Steph, uh, San- Mike, Mike on Santos hit the side of the net at the 40th minute. Yeah. And it looked like it was a goal. <laughs> Everyone's standing up cheering. At that, I point, know. <laughs> at that point, you thought maybe a Kajagoogoo song would be appropriate. Yeah, Kajagoogoo, it's an illusion, maybe. <laughs> but that, again, would be like kind of perfect for the entire organization. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that um, <clears throat> Nana Nakora has a song in this, and Heaven 17's Let Me Go. Ah, very, oh, yeah, very oh, droll. Very nice. uh, I was also thinking uh, how painful this game was watching, and Gang of Four's Anthrax, this game is like a case of Anthrax would have been appropriate. <sighs> Good with We'd like, we like to hear what your thoughts are. Yeah, well, let's see. There you go. Like, uh... and, and I just thought we to keep the overall theme of all of our podcasts, I think it's worth when you brought up Mike on Sanders' non-goal on the side of the net that half the stadium thought went in. The keeper injured himself on the on the grass in the <laughs> six-yard box. It looked like he tripped over the hole, over that ditch that was there. <laughs> it's like a bog. Yeah. It's like at halftime they were coming out with like shovels and filling it in with like sort of... It is, a bit of, it is a bit of a sandbox. It's a hole. It's a sandbox. And then they were raking it to like level it off. And, uh, <laughs> they were. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's like a sand trap or something like that. Yeah, a sand trap. It's, <laughs> a, it's, a, pretty, um, it's a pretty messy pitch that they have there. Um, it's just another mark on our team, isn't it? 
And the crazy thing, as I was coming in, there was like an infomercial kind of playing in the background over the Tannoy system, where they were talking about the the BMO field, like the, t- the 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 grass. How great it is! And they were saying everyone wants an amazing um, amazing grass, just like BMO field. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> they gotta do something about that. I wonder. <laughs> just the, I don't know. I just think, fix I, the goal, man. You know, in many uh, in many leagues, I think the club would get fined by the gov- governing body for having a, a field yeah. a, as bad as that. Actually, because they in, would, yeah. In, yeah. A, a, certainly, in like the sort of the upper levels. Well, like yeah. In, if if I had, was Philadelphia and I saw my goalie, my keeper lying there because he tripped on like the dirt and like the lumps that are in there and is lying on the ground, I'd be pretty pissed. But that's the that's the pitch that it happened on. Yeah, and when he came out the first time, the uh, the Philadelphia keeper, and he like he ran over to the goal mouth. He was like looking at it and kicking it and like, sort of scratching <laughs> his head. <laughs> All right, so believe it or not, we did get an email uh, in between shortly after the game, after the game yeah. asking the uh, all important question: uh, Who was this from? This was from Phil from Toronto, uh, asking us. Is this the uh, worst defeat in Toronto FC's short history? And uh, I think there's a, you can, you know, there's pros and cons. You can debate this for sure. Sure. That it's up there for sure. Definitely is one of the worst, uh, one of the worst beatings we've ever taken. Well, the uh, the other defeat, other memorable or forgettable defeat, whichever way you want to look at it, uh, defeat that springs to mind is the, uh, the defeat against New York uh, when they were, like, they were last in the league. That, this and is were, prior to the yeah, uh, Rafa and Honoré, like sort of. Uh, uh, that was two thousand and seven. Uh, no, not eight or nine. It was two thousand and nine. Yeah, two thousand and nine, when they beat us five nil. Yeah, last game of the season. And that was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that was the second worst MLS team of all time yeah. in terms of points and. So and that's, all that. that certainly can be pegged up there as far as uh, whereas. But that was away, wasn't it? It was, no, that was so at then, home. No, it wasn't New oh, York. No, right. It was it's in New York. Yeah, you're right. So there's that's also because um, I was trying to balance this out. Like there are arguments for and against, and I think a home yeah. loss six to two says almost as much as a five nil away loss. Yeah. Um, and ha- well, let's we can qualify the uh, because by that time in the 2009 series, all playoff hope was gone. No, it wasn't for us. No. That oh, was the that was our determining game. Oh yeah, but no, we were reliant on other results as well. And I think we got them. No, I'm sure we didn't. If I'm, I'm, well, hey, there's something for people okay, to write in and double yeah. check or put a comment on. It's, I'm pretty sure if we had won that game, Toronto would have been in the playoffs. <laughs> well, then but that, interestingly, then this that, game doesn't matter to well, us because that, we've already written off the season. That what? Well, that's the, true, and not if, just us. I mean, the team has the coach has the the, co- the well not specifically. I don't think it's the coach has said, "Don't even think about playoffs this year." He yeah. said that in the press. And they, if you're talking about rebuilding and patience, I don't know too many teams that. That are that you know lot lot all these words together when they're but he's when given, they truly believe that he's they're giving it up team. in the second month of the season. I think he'd given it up before the season began. Probably, yeah, because I think he could see he even a you full can team see, in pre pre season. Yeah, and that's true. it because you know what? When you think about a lot of teams that are truly rebuilding, a they've built something. They're rebuilding from something that's previously been built, and there are pieces and components there. They just need to transition from that. And find the new ones to make it. But when you're starting from literally nothing, yeah, we didn't have anything to rebuild, right? So that's I think that's the difference. It's is been that... fractured and broken so many times that what was remaining wasn't uh, wasn't anything that can uh, be considered like rebuildable. So I guess for year five for this club is actually the same as year one. However, 
interestingly enough, we were performing much better in year one than we were in year five. Yeah, except that I think also we did have some players at the beginning of year five. This we year? Did, we did have some good players at the beginning of this year. That well, that's true. Like that's true. Well, you had one of the best. De Rosario. Yeah. Well, Cronin was left last year, right? Well, oh, well anyway, we've gotten rid of what we've whatever we did have. Well, and continue to do so with so Kevin Allen. The, the email, uh, the email for the uh, the podcast is info at rednationonline.ca or have your say at rednationonline.ca. So, if you uh, would love to hear your thoughts about um, how this uh, this loss could be qualified in terms of uh, other losses, but uh, it certainly is a pretty uh, bummed out moment for uh, for anyone that uh, has uh, has any aspirations for this club of being great. Certainly this year. No, it's tough. The, the Philly a, fans summed it up when they started singing, you deserve better. Oh, shit, what a good point. The Philadelphia fans tonight, or this afternoon, sorry, I keep saying tonight for some reason. But uh, they started singing at one point um, when we went 5-2 down, you deserve better, to the Toronto fans. And the Toronto fans said thank you. I mean, that's... We and they weren't doing it in, a, like, a malicious way. Right. They were doing it, like, in a like a sympathetic way. Like, you, like dudes, you deserve better than this. Now, they seem like a very um, uh, respectful bunch, those Philadelphia Yeah, supporters. they weren't a bunch of dicks. No, they were actually, like, pretty quiet most of the time. And they, they sang had fun, they, they drank some beer. Yeah, they seemed kind of cool, the team actually. Team 1-6-2 and... They sang some Depeche Mode. Yeah, you know what? I mean, like, Chicago fans... I don't want to say they're obnoxious because that's I mean that's what you do when you're on the road. But they didn't stop for 90 minutes, and these guys were kind of. I mean, in terms of like me being able to enjoy the game and not. Um, they didn't bring they, a drum. They didn't the rub. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't rub the salt in the wounds. Yeah, that's it. They needed a drum. But I thought that was very telling that, like, uh, like our, our enemy, our like our, our our opposition, were basically saying that like you know you, de- you deserve better than this. You know, I mean, they shouldn't care. They win six two, great. Yeah, we suck, but they actually <laughs> took the time to actually sort of make that point. I thought it was quite telling, and uh, I think I agree. The other interesting thing that I would just mention quickly is I watched. I was looking at the director's box where all the <laughs> the big wigs are sitting up there in their suits, and uh, on the first goal that Santos scored, not one of them moved. Like when the goal went in, it was like completely stationary, no jumping up and like high fives or. Pump in the air or whatever. They just, it's like they were watching a fish tank. And uh, it was, I just thought that was kind of telling that there was no, they don't have any passion. They're not getting excited about it. Do you have anything to say about Santos and the weather? <laughs> I should throw my, my theories. Is my theory starting to be confirmed? Santos played a much better game, I thought, than we've seen him like through the 90 minutes. And it was a warm one. my theory. It's, it's my theory too. I've been able to back it up. <laughs> Yeah, but it was warm. You, it but was you humid. noticed it today. You it was that rainforesty, humid. And did you notice all the, all the time that it was foggy and a little bit chilly? He was Eckersley shit. was doing well. And then the sun comes out and it's and high. Then he and got he's, great. Yeah, and I'm talking about like off the ball too, like not just when Let's he played was all the stereotypes. Not, shall we? <laughs> I think it's funny, and I'm going to run with it all season long. <laughs> Sandoz is coming on, coming on for sure because the weather's <laughs> turning for the summer. Get ready. So for we it. want you to stay tuned to RedNationOnline.ca for your weather report. <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to line up how players, depending on where they're from in the world, will end up playing. All the all the Eckersley's form is going to drop off in the heat of the summer because he's not used to it. Oh, and uh, Santos, but he had a great game up. in the in the in the overcast weather. It's true. Tony, it was like driving rain as well. He would have been like in his element. Yeah, he was on uh, Wednesday. He did well. He did well. All right, we're done. 
That's it. Canada is playing on Wednesday, guys. That's um, right. And also, we should note that the uh, replay for the Montreal game was scheduled for Thursday, but then the Vancouver game. The Vancouver game was uh, uh, was also didn't uh, was called off, and so we're waiting to find. So out we have games no. It's play. on July second. Is it Canada okay. Day weekend? So Vancouver plays Toronto Wednesday, June 29th for an MLS game. Vancouver is going to stay here until Saturday. Do you know how people can get tickets for that? Like what are they? Well, it's, it's what, I think ticket. what it is is you just need to go through your your account manager with TFC because everyone's tickets got my, ruined. Yeah, my ticket is fucking. If you trashed. go through the account manager, they're going to reissue the tickets. Yeah. If you still have your ticket, I think it can work, but they're also going to reissue them through the account manager. Well, that's that. You rang it in about twenty minutes. Not this bad. Is Steve, on the right. Spark in the middle. Steve on the right. We'll catch you in a week. Take care, guys. Eastside Stand Up is the only TFC specific podcast breaking down the game, a home game at least, right after it happens. We want you to get involved. So if you're watching the game at home or even through the week, come up with something, email us at haveyoursay at rednationonline.ca and help direct the discussion. Get your opinion across of what happened on the pitch today. <laughs> <laughs>